Welcome to Shackles. Spirituality without the fluff. Simple questions answered simply. Hey guys, welcome to another uh, Shine Waves podcast. Today with me are Steve and we have a guest. And our guest name is? My name is Neil. And Neil, what do you do? I actually do Vedic astrology. Um, what the hell is Vedic astrology? Vedic astrology is actually a very powerful tool when you use it the right way. You can actually tell how a person thinks, what they're going through in their life. Um, you can see what issues they'll face and what they can do to overcome it. The beauty behind Vedic astrology is that it is the base root of everything. Wow. When we look at Western or sidereal versus Vedic, I'm going to give a number that may sound a little bit crazy, but let's say 35,000 BC, this was created. And all the zodiac signs were already created. So if you look at Aries, it would be Mesh. If you look at Taurus, it would be Vriksha. If you look at Gemini, Matun. So what happened was that there was a lot of trade going on between the Romans and India. Oh, yeah, it's the spice trades, yep. the, the, the old spice routes, yeah. And then eventually the Greeks, and they tried to copy that knowledge, but something went lost in translation. Oh, yeah, well, that was at the transition of Alexander the Great's yep. uh, uh, spice trade up into outer Mongolia and tried to take that area and brought all these, excuse the term, bastardizations of these different cultures and ideologies and tried to centralize it into North Africa, into Alexandrian mindset. So... That uh, that's where a lot of that information from what's called the sailing routes from that was bastardized. So it's really funny that the information that you're saying really coincides with historical evidence to prove the bastardization of certain ideologies and pathogens within that time. So I'm all down for learning about this. I was under the understanding it was uh, 62 and a half thousand years old. It, it, it goes way back. <laughs> yeah. So. I'm going to say what I think I know, and I hope to hell you correct me. Okay. Okay. So um, my understanding, based on the age that it's class, that its first terminology was called Jyotish, which means Jyotish. the science of light. Uh, Jyot meaning light, ish meaning God, so God's light. Good, I'm glad I got that right. <laughs> <laughs> but and within that culture at that time, that's actually classified as we would science today, by yep. definition, so it's not really... Uh, astrology like the westernized world it's based on uh, a lifestyle more than anything and I, I use a term in here and a lot of people don't understand it which is dharma which is your soul path i'll explain that beautiful yeah. for you good because i i tried to teach them in this way and it just doesn't work because <laughs> i uh, a part of our energy system which is our uh, our baseline energy system is called your dharmic path which works off your soul matrix and me trying to explain that to people it's really hard because I look at it from a completely different perspective. But because you actually live this life, per se, because most uh, astrologers under my understanding that will follow the Vedic traditions live the life behind it as well. It's a life path, just not a reading. Absolutely. Um, a lot of that uh, information has been so bastardized when I got here. I'm like, oh, please get me somebody who can clarify. So I'm just going to sit back and listen. Okay, so, <laughs> so when what's the difference? Let's get down to the baseline. I'm going to ask you one question. Yep. When we do, you mentioned the term sidereal, uh, we have Gregorian sidereal and Vedic. They're all different ways of associating the, the constellational movements. Uh, you said something really fascinating off mic, which really blew my mind that it changes every two hours. I'm like, yes. wow. This is so, where birth dates, you know, if you're having kids, any person's out there, make sure you get the second that your kid's born because it means so much different now that I'm understanding. The other aspect of it is um, the difference in the um, the tropical calendar 
is so defined in comparison to when this uh, modality was born that I, it just blows my mind how much information there is out there and how much more accurate it is. So what I would want you to um, educate our listeners is, is how different is it? What way is it different? What is the focus? I think that's the major thing because astrology used in westernized uh, terminology is all based on you know oh, what's coming up next week what's this it's not as in depth as vedic and that's what i need you to educate our listeners on so with looking at the differences of it it's actually pretty cool because when you look at uh, tropical or sidereal it's like if you're born between these set months you're a pisces or if you're born between here you're a gemini as where with vedic the signs change every two hours that still blows my mind and people always say but how and i ask them back i'm like well think about it if everyone was born between let's say february to march why aren't more people acting the same yes you can put up the argument the sun's here for this person the moon's there still you would find a baseline similarity mm -hmm. therefore it disproves the fact that you can't all be the same exactly it's, it becomes very generic by definition yeah. there okay so vedic shows that you change every two hours so time is a very huge thing so let's say you know, our mom's giving birth at the same time. Mm -hmm. I'm born at a certain time, so I'm a Cancer. Two hours later, you're probably a Leo. Wow, that's crazy. So that, that's really mind blowing. The more I think about that, the more I'm like, bang! Half the people I know, because I, I I'm born in under the Aries astrology, but I show a lot more traits of Pisces. Yep. And uh, reading up about this, I'm like, oh, now I get it. <laughs> it's really weird. Well, the beauty behind it is that. I always, like, it kind of drives me insane when I see this online, but everyone's like, name your three signs, your sun sign, your moon sign, oh, yeah. your sun sign. It drives me up the wall. <laughs> I can understand why, because the depth of the this um, pattern that you have to read, it, it's so advanced in comparison to what we're used to seeing here. Well, when you look at it in the Vedic side, each planet and each zodiac sign represents something unique. So someone will say, what's your moon sign? Well, the moon is your emotional mind. It can represent your mother. It can represent your desires. But then you have Mercury, which is your logical mind. And also it's kind of like, you know, a squirrel that sees a nut. He's like, oh, I'm going over there now. It's easily distracted. Then you have where wherever the sign of Aries sits. That's where your mind is focused, what you think of the most. Mm -hmm. Wherever the sign of Gemini sits, that's what you'd like to talk about the most. Okay. Or do things with your hands, like whatever you want to interact with. And we'll get to what Dharma is, because wherever the sign of Sagittarius is, that's where your Dharma sits. A very, path, people. A very easy way to break down Dharma, it's the law that you've come to perform. Mm -hmm. It is your purpose why you're here, mm -hmm. what you're going to do, and... If you don't do it, then life's not really that great. But if you do go for it and you know how to implement it, then you can live to your maximum potential. That's awesome. Yeah, there's a that was a terminology. It was actually a discussion came up, and I, somebody asked me quite openly, "How do you, how do you define dharma?" And I says, "Well, in in this lifetime in the Westernized world, we have what's called our true dharma and our temporary dharma." And I said, associate or analogize that as a candle. A candle's true purpose is to give light and heat, but its temporary dharma is, is it can sit on a shelf and look pretty. Mm -hmm. But that's never going to reach its full potential. And I said, 95% of the people that I know of are sitting in temporary dharma. Would you agree with that statement? 1,000%. Okay. 1,000. I don't feel as undereducated in this field, man. <laughs> <laughs> you are actually very bang on because with Vedic astrology, what happens is that you can see how the person thinks. You can see what issues they'll face, even from health issues, from mental issues, um, physical, you name it. Okay. But you can also see 
what challenges that they're going to go through. Because what happens is that depending what time cycles you run through, they're called maha dashas. Maha meaning great, dasha meaning time frame. Yeah. And each dasha is in control at one point. So let's say you run through your Jupiter maha dasha. Mm-hmm. A lot of people online will say, oh, it's so great. It's going to bless you. You're going to have all these great things. That's a nightmare. No. Jupiter is a nightmare. Jupiter. It's life lesson. Yeah. You know, that sort of. <laughs> yeah. I know that. Because when I researched that from a different uh, Egyptian theology, which is called Hecalis, mm-hmm. um, Hecalis shows Jupiter as being your nightmare planet it's where all the hidden yes. lessons and traumas coming up so yeah no i don't like jupiter me and jupiter <laughs> just putting that so like when you look at jupiter no matter what he's the guru a guru um, is someone who leads you to god but mm-hmm. they run you through the dirt they beat the crap out of you and they're just like what did we learn mm-hmm. and when you break down That's the little every client i have <laughs> <laughs> literally I, I hit them hard put them through the dirt because it's not meant to be easy you, no, you're here to not. learn lessons in order to expand or become enlightened and for a better term um, but uh, yeah a lot of these planets that we kind of dismiss in the westernized world don't really associate as deeply as they should be and we look at um, micro movements like uh, the retrogrades and we, we define on retrogrades and not even I, no matter who I ask what a retrograde is, they don't know what it is. They're like, oh, well, I'm, it's Mercury retrograde. I'm like this and I'm like this. And I'm, no, that's bullshit. You're just associating that. And I'm finding that placebo effect yes. actually causing confusion. So retrograde actually is, it's like the planet didn't finish doing something. And it's going to go back and complete the job. And sometimes that's where you see a lot of mistakes happen. Mm-hmm. And it's like fumbling, but then it goes back to repeat it. And people are like, oh my God, why is this happening to me? Or why is this so tough? Or why do I keep repeating the same theme? Mm-hmm. Because your planet was not done with you yet. And it's trying to show you this lesson. So whenever we run through retrogrades, we just have to go back and fix it. So just trying to analogize that in my own head. So. From that perspective, that means each planet has a special aspect that can be utilized. Yes. And then assimilated uh, based on what it's trying to teach us. So mm. every planet has a unique uh, set of traits, but it also has sub-traits, special aspects attached to them. Is that yep, correct? That is absolutely correct. Okay. Like, I, 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 I can break into, like, all the sub-traits, but then we'd be here for, like, maybe two days. Oh, I'm, I'm down. <laughs> I've talked about this for three weeks. I'm down. Oh, there we um, go. But, um, yeah, definitely, I will, we'll talk a bit more than this. But as I say, when we're breaking it down, I want the people to understand how personal this is. It's a very in-depth, personal blueprint of who you are, essentially. Well, the beauty of it is that when you look at any Mahadasha, mm-hmm. they're actually breaking into three sections called Tribhagi. Mm-hmm. When you break them into three sections, there are constellations that are responsible for those sections. So, like, let's say you're running through Jupiter. Um, depending... Why do you keep bringing up Jupiter? I hate Jupiter. Go somewhere else. Okay. <laughs> let's say... Uh, Venus. Go Venus. Okay. Let's say Venus. Okay, thank you. Depending <laughs> where Venus is... Venus is not that fun either for a lot no, of people. No, no. <laughs> a lot of emotional ups and downs. People are like, love! I'm like, nay, nay, nay. So what happens with uh, Venus, like let's say one of the Tribhagis that it runs through is called Purva Ashada. Purva Ashada is the beginning of the war because, I also forgot to say, Purva Ashada is a constellation, mm-hmm. but we call it nakshatras. Okay. So it's just like a, another star. Mm-hmm. But anyone who runs through Purva Ashada, it's like they've finally figured out what they're doing in life and they stop making silly mistakes. Mm-hmm. This is where you begin your fight. This is where you start to do things. But if you walk into it with a huge ego, then the universe is like, uh, let me remind you something real quickly. So just on a random tangent, when you use the term ego, uh, I, I don't know how you assimilate that word 
Uh, it's a very westernized word, but not many people know the root of it because um, it's actually Egyptian that term. Mm-hmm. And uh, how do you, if you say the term ego, like you're living an ego, what do you mean? You're living an image of what you think you are, but you're not really that. That's very interesting. That's why I like Jupiter, because Jupiter, in, mm-hmm. in, in one of the tribagis, he burns you down mm-hmm. and shows you who you really are. Yeah. It's like embarrassment and not, not that much fun. So the, the term ego and egoic mind, from its definition in ancient Egyptian, which is called pritakhaha, um, it actually means to live without God's spirit. So it means you're detached from the heavenly bodies and you're living in the physical body. So it's kind of funny how we, you know, the, the explanations are slightly vary, but they mean the baseline same thing. So yeah, no, it's just really bang on. Actually, uh, we, we'll get into another day though, but ancient Egypt and we look at ancient India, mm-hmm. there's a massive connection there yeah, too. That's the Atlantean Thoth teachings and the, the variation of the exodus of uh, Ramesses II in India. Yeah, I know I've done a lot of research. Like if, if just like a little, a little tease, but um, when you look at Yamun, uh, mm-hmm. Krishna in Hinduism was actually known as Yamuna, that's right. the river. And when you look at the depictions of them, both blue guys, mm-hmm. both same similar name, both similar concepts. So it's like we've transferred a lot over and it's just, we're, we're literally all connected. It's all one thing. Oh, absolutely. And it's, you know, if we go back to one of the earliest, the archaic Sumerian aspects, you can actually see similarity traits based on the exodus of certain people because of war, oh, for because sure. of famine, because of these things. So we can see the similarity traits. The problem is, in, like you said in the Alexandrian spice trades, so much of the definitive information has been lost that we've kind of filled in the blanks ourselves within the westernized community and this is why i feel that this style of astrology is so much more accurate and it's something that i definitely want to get uh, to offer to people and uh, say the more information we have the better you know what i mean because i i don't like westernized astrology Honestly, and I'm just going to be brutal about it, and most of the people who know me on this podcast know that I'm brutal, I just think it's glorified fluff because there's not enough depth within that. Uh, if you look at the, they look at the square, the triangle, the sextile, the uh, opposition, that's all they look at. But life itself is much more complex like this. And what I've noticed after, like we only met last week. Oh, yeah. And I, like you blew my mind. Because <laughs> when you mentioned Vedic, I was like, woo, lovely. Because there's an old... Egyptian variation of ceremonial magic mm-hmm. with a K folks not with a C it's not illusion it's real um, that is actually called Vedic magic so it's it's based on the same principles but uh, it's not on a personal level it's on a collective level correct and uh, a lot of this uh, that's where I was blown away when you brought this in um, one of the things that I know people's going to ask me right because this is something I know personally through uh, Vedic hackinism is it's always uh, individual karma, not collective karma, and personal karma is attached to your individual karma. So you have karma that comes in on the what we classify here as the etherical level, and one that comes in on the personal level. And knowing the difference between that is absolutely crucial to getting onto your dharmic soul path. One thousand percent. So yeah, I'm actually really impressed. You're really with I'm not, I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> you're yet. really bang on. It's it's actually so. What we do is that depending on the south pole of the moon, K2, we can tell what your last life was like, what you did to a certain extent, and we can tell what karmas that you didn't pay off. And so what we call that as an inescapable karma, a parapta karma. So it's like you, let's say 10 lifetimes ago, you shot an arrow, but then later on it catches up to you now, right now. 
And you're wondering, why am I getting ran over all the time? I'm doing everything good. You just never paid it off. So that's your ethereal karma catching up with your individual. And so people think that karma is just like these concepts of actions. Oh, if I do good, good will happen to me. Mm-hmm. It's beyond that. Karma, oh. karma, karma is just a word to display the term action, but you have karma of knowledge, action of knowledge. You have karma of yoga. Yoga, by the way, that's what Vedic astrology is all about. Yoga, the true definition of what yoga is, it's not, it's not the stretchy stuff, yeah. but it means union between mind, body, and soul. And Can that's what Vedic astrology does. Yes. Union. I know that bit because I've educated people in here because we're actually starting a restorative slow flow here and next week. And I was like to the girl, I said, do not teach these people fluff. This is about connection of them to their energy, not to make sure that their hip bone is well in place. It's not about that. It's about breathing in their divine energy. Now, in some f- fluff, they, they call it the twin dragon, the Kundalini, but that's a very specific path. Yes. Yoga, yeah. And that's a very specific intention. But So I don't really want to get too over-elaborated into that, but I do understand the baseline principle. It's about the connection of the energy within and without coming as one. 1,000, yeah. Really impressive, man. <laughs> <laughs> I've been doing this quite There you go, there you go. <laughs> That's why I opened this store, because I wanted to educate people properly. And I wanted to get make sure that people understood that there's so much more to this than what meets the eye. And as I say, with this particular modality, I'm very, very, very engrossed in it right now, because after your meeting, uh, when we just, like, just for the record, folks, they just walked into the store, I ended up like, reading freak i was reading his partner and then is it my energy just sort of dropped over and i was like oh i got to talk to this guy so now that's why he's here um but what the more that i've looked into it the more that i understand how much more ingrained it is into the very root of who we are as a being not just the fluff that affects you it's like the westernized world but the actual as i call it codonic coding the, the, the literal in, uh, information in the DNA of who we are and for all the previous lifetimes associated with it because we have that similar uh, reincarnated uh, information held in. Now, Westernized world, they call that the Akashic Records. I'm not even going to get onto that subject. Yeah, I'm going to be like, no, no, no. no, no, no. <laughs> I'm not getting onto that because, again, there's so much fluff out there, right? Yeah. But the more ancient you go, the more factual i find it is and a lot of these techniques and a lot of what you said is just literally blow my mind man well if we look at the entire picture of the purpose of vedic it is to find your purpose it's to show you how to get there but what people misunderstand about astrology vedic astrology especially is that they think point a will lead to point b and that's it no and actually from point b my job is to show you point c and point d you have a choice you can reach your full potential by going to see, it's not easy, but once you do it, you will flourish. You mm-hmm. maximize your chart's potential. Then there's point D. You don't try, I can't help you. Temporary Dharma. Exactly. You're just, you're just sitting on a candle. You're a candle sitting on the shelf looking pretty. So what people think is that life is set on one set path. No, you have a choice. It's just, that's the beauty of Vedic. It shows you what you need to do. It's, it's phenomenal. I'm telling you, it's one of the most interesting things that I have discovered in this past 10 years. Because I, de- I wasn't aware of it. I say I knew Vedic magic and ceremonial magic that's uh, de- are linked with the ancient um, Egyptians, but I wasn't aware of this modality of astrology. Because honestly, my my truth, any person that works in the store, any person that knows me personally, they mention astrology, and I go, go away with that fluff. 
I don't say it as nice as that for the record, <laughs> but I, that's fluff. Because I'm very much, and I think that's somewhere where we meet very much high to eye, is where we don't like fluff. We want the information, we want the data, we want it to be accurate, and we want to educate people properly. And uh, that's one thing that I really want people to understand that, you know, hopefully I can get this gentleman in for a few guest spots to, as an astrologer in the store, if you're open to it, of course. Um, but I, just know that when you're coming in, it's like you're coming in with a therapy for me. It's no bullshit. It's blunt. It's going to get you where you need to go. If you listen, you'll learn. And if you don't listen, it, it's a waste of time. Just there's the door. Because at the end of the day, practitioners like yourself and myself have set up our lives. We've done the knowledge. We do the lifestyle to teach you the easy ways out. Yep. And if you're not prepared to do the work. Well, as, as I was telling one client today before I came in, it's like I led you to the water. I can't force your face into it. Exactly. I'm like, I, I would like to, and but it doesn't happen that way. <laughs> no, it doesn't. Trust me, there's a lot of people and a lot of clients I've had over the years, I would just love to put their face in the water and put my boot in the back of their head and keep <laughs> the drink, will you? Because you've all the potential. And that's the thing that I've learned within this modality is it shows you every part of your potential in every aspect of your life. And that's fascinating because most of the modalities out there is like, well, this will help you with your prosperity. This will help you with your energy. This will help you with your emotion. This has got like, it's an all in one package. It really is. Why is it not more popular? Because what's happened, unfortunately, things, I'm going to be very blunt about this. In, in my community with, with the Vedic practices, especially with priests, mm -hmm. I come from a Hindu priest background. Mm -hmm. um, they've used this as a money grab. They uh, will scare the crap out of you. They'll give you all the bad and then someone will be like, pay me five grand and I'll make it go away. Oh yeah. No such thing exists. I have, I've heard all that shit too. No such thing. And then there are other guys out there who just read a couple pages and they think they know everything and they confuse the person and send them in a spiral. Vedic astrology is a therapy tool. Yes, I can predict to you what's going to happen tomorrow or what's going to happen in a year from now from you. You can ask me, hey Neil, when's the best time to do something? I can tell you the exact time. I even had clients who were in the stock markets. I told them back in November, Jupiter's going into Aquarius. Watch your money. It's going to crash. Mm -hmm. Lo and behold, crash. People said Venus and Mars are coming together in the West. And we're like, oh, beautiful time, passion, love. I shook my head. I'm like, you're all morons. Because what happens when Venus and Mars come together, when you truly look at it, Mars is a soldier. He's blood and aggression. Yes, Venus is passion. But depending where you place it, a passionate soldier is going to go on a rampage. Exactly. And that's the bit that I, as I say, I keep telling people, stop listening to the unicorn poop and fairy dust. Read it as it yeah. is. Like horoscopes is a bit of a joke. Well, it's actually a big joke because when you look at someone's chart, everyone's tailored differently. So let's say you and I are both cancers mm -hmm. and we shift all our planets around. Mm -hmm. Our planets are in different positions. Yeah, so How are we going to have the same horoscope, man? Exactly. It's going to be unique to the person. It's not So possible. here's a question that I've always wanted to ask to somebody with as much knowledge as you have. Now, we know that the horoscopes change, or the Vedic astrology changes every two hours. Yep. Not many people remember their birth, or the time of their birth. If they can we can remember if it's morning, or they can remember it's afternoon. How much does that play a difference? It's actually a huge difference. Um, what happens though, I tell people, if you can narrow it down to a two to four hour time frame, mm -hmm. and be patient, because I'll have to ask you a ton of questions to make sure it lines up with you and it gets mm -hmm. really personal. So if they say morning time, and trust me, I get that a lot. Oh, Neil, I was born in the morning. I'm like 12 a.m. to 6 a.m., 6 a.m. to yeah. 11, 59. I'm like, what's morning? Yeah. So what I do there is that we enter in the time, the date of birth and location. Yeah. And from there, 
I will then see where their constellations and planets sit. And mm -hmm. each constellation literally dictates how the person's going to behave. And so I'm going to ask them certain questions. So like, let's say if someone has the constellation of Swati, mm -hmm. they're a natural outcast, but they love water, long showers. They will stay in the shower for God knows how long. Sounds like me. I bet you have it. I guarantee it. <laughs> I, I, I like, you know, as much as I like to educate, I like the isolation. Like, um, I love being out in nature, but water's my jam. I actually have an Egyptian water tattoo on my back, which is... Uh, yeah, it's, you don't yeah. It's just, it's a natural thing. Now, in the Western eyes, I'm fire, fire, fire. Yep. But I know it doesn't resonate with me. It just doesn't. No, you scream water. Yeah. You scream it because, like, water, I think it's like Bruce Lee said it, and you can either flow or it can crash. Mm -hmm. but the beauty of water, it's like... It's just constant. Yeah. And so I don't see you as fire because water is more dangerous than fire if you think about it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I know. One of the, my old mentors many, many years ago um, actually defined me as being like uh, what she said, frozen water. She says, pretty look at dangerous to mess with. Mm -hmm. She says it defined my energy. And uh, again, it's this westernized, no, you're fire, you're Aries, you're meant of this. And I'm looking at it and I'm like, yeah, I might have certain traits of that, but that's not me. And that's why I'm, when you came across, I'm like, please come in and educate these people <laughs> properly. <laughs> so first of all, yeah, I'm just going to put it out there and I'm going to put you on the spot, right? We want to educate people on this. I would love to have you in the store. Will you come in and do a few guest shots? Of course. So, right. So let's get that out of the way. Number two, um, how do people get in contact with you after that? Are you on social media? What's your contact information? And then we can definitely set something up in the store. So I am on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. Uh, you just go at Vedic Astrology by NKJ, all one word. Okay. NKJ being my initials. Um, or you can look me up on my personal profile on Facebook as Neil Kamal Jairam. There you go, folks. You got a direct link to the man. Give him some work because I'm telling you this stuff is scary. And apparently after this, I'm getting mine maybe briefly done and I'm scared crapless now after all this information not going to say but um, definitely thank you so much for coming into the podcast hopefully we can get you in as soon as possible and we'll get you back to no problem absolute pleasure and I look forward to it thank you for your time and we appreciate it